The reading that we had up on the screen a couple of minutes ago is from Matthew's account of the life of Jesus. It's called the Gospel of Matthew. We've got the beginning of the New Testament, four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew and Luke give accounts of the birth of Jesus. If you like, it's a, it's a life story in those four Gospels. And we're reading in that particular little section about the experience of uh, Joseph, the father of Jesus just gives us an opportunity to stop for a moment in the middle of the excitement of Christmas. And I think it is exciting, isn't it? Uh, For most of us, we're looking forward to Christmas time. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a time of, um, hopefully, uh, for most of you, you won't be at work, you won't be at school or college or uni, whatever it might be. I know some some of us have to work, but there will be those who will be able to take a break, you'll be able to see family, you'll be able to uh, share that special time. Uh, It's a great time. I think one of the things that we do enjoy about Christmas is the opportunity to share together, to be able to spend time with people who we don't get the opportunity to, got me, uh, to... (laughs) Uh, to spend time with people who we uh, don't have the opportunity to share much time with through the year. It's a good time. However, I do think, I don't know whether you've ever thought about this, I do think that our ideas of Christmas are so shaped by the stories that we've told down, down through the years that we can end up disconnected from the reality of what it was actually like 2,000 years ago. One of the things that I've enjoyed down through the years is those kind of nativity scenes during the uh, Christmas time with the children in school. You know, the, uh, the angel and the shepherds and the wise men and the kings. Not, as we said earlier, all the little girls want to be Mary uh, that, because they get to carry the little baby and all of that kind of thing. It's a great time. But I think those kind of things and the Christmas cards that we have that depict a lovely kind of Christmas scene kind of block our ideas of what it was really like on that first Christmas. I think the past 2,000 years have brought positives and negatives that have shaped our thinking about Christmas. Positively, Christmas has been celebrated for hundreds and hundreds of years. The earliest recorded letter that we have of the celebration of Christmas was AD 350, just 350 years after the birth of Jesus, at a point in time where the Roman uh, Empire had finally stopped persecuting the Christian faith, 350 years just after Jesus. Uh, yes, I know, and I, I agree that the Christian, uh, the Christmas time has been linked with pagan festivals and all of that kind of thing. I know that. Christmas trees, all that kind of thing. It's been a mishmash of celebrations over the winter solstice coming together. But the reality is that the celebration of the birth of Jesus predates even all of those kind of things. It's an amazing story. At the same time, I think the Christmas story can raise all sorts of negative questions for us. Yes, we can distort the truth. As well, it's for many a picture of the corrupting power of religion. One of the things that, a conversation that I have on many occasions is people will say, um, the problem with religion is it's caused so much trouble in the world. And I would say, yeah, I agree. I agree it has. It's a real problem in our world, isn't it? The corrupting power of religion. 
Interestingly, the corrupting power of religion has probably caused as many deaths as the corrupting power of irreligion. Whether it's communism or whether it's secularism or whether it's the powers of uh, religion corrupted in human hands, it can also, all of those can cause all sorts of issues. It's also a time of human excess, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I think there are many people who are actually beginning to think, do you know what? I am fed up with all of the materialism. I'm fed up with all of the extra money and all of the things that we think are going to make us happy. And then we get to it and we find it doesn't. And we just end up wanting more and more and more and more. And I think there's a lot of people now beginning to say, question that and say, what is life actually all about? I think the Christian message and the message of Christmas, the true Christmas, gives us the opportunity to rethink that. What we actually see is a man whose life is in crisis, Joseph. He's betrothed to Mary, a young woman, uh, and uh, betrothing in that day was uh, a far more legally binding contract uh, than engagement. Absolute legal commitment. He finds that she's having a baby. His life is falling apart. He is devastated. What's gone on? What's happened? How has this occurred? Is his question. There is a message that comes quietly to him. There is a message that quietly comes to Mary. And there is a message that comes to a group of shepherds. All different groups of people at different times. Where God breaks into their life and says actually this is a remarkable event. Now one of the things that we do with our Christmas picture. Is we can see the connections of all of those. That's not what it was like for the first Christmas. There weren't those connections. Joseph got this message all by himself. And he was told by God... Take this woman to be your wife because she is going to bear a child who will be called Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. It's the most amazing message that the Christmas story can convey to us. The message of Christmas is God coming into our world. Now that is either true or it's absolutely nuts. It's crazy. In fact, I would suggest to you that the idea of the Christmas story, the events that take place, we would have dismissed them, we would have forgotten about them, had it not been for the subsequent life of Jesus. The fact that he continued and his life was extraordinary. He lived a life which was marked as different to any other. And then, by eyewitness claims... Now, you you and I need to decide whether we believe those eyewitness claims. The claim was that he later died on a cross, was buried in a tomb, and came back to life. All of those things mean that we remember the Christmas story. But here's this man, Joseph, who's brokenhearted and finds his life turned around by God saying, No, you go and marry this woman, Mary, because it's my son who's breaking into the world. This is a unique moment in history. What does that tell us? The Christmas message is often called hope, isn't it? It's often called good news. It's called goodwill and all of those kind of things. You've probably heard that mentioned. Why is it good news? I think at least it's good news because of this. It tells us that God is interested in this world. 
He's not forgotten about us. It's not like we're some kind of cosmic clock that has been wound up at the beginning of time, thrown out into the cosmos, floating around where God is somewhere distant and forgotten. It tells us that partway through the history of this world, God has re-engaged with this world. If you like, that little family, Mary and Joseph, who turn up at Bethlehem because the most powerful man in the empire, in empire, Caesar Augustus, has declared a census, the most powerful man in the world history up to that point in time has declared that they have to move from where they live down to Bethlehem, turning up in Bethlehem, and it is chaos. It's a mess. There's people scrambling and scrabbling for places to sleep. It's a little town that has got hundreds and hundreds of people descending on it. That lovely, beautiful stable scene on the Christmas cards that we see, or the nativity plays that we enjoy, was not that beautiful little uh, scene in reality. It was a man and a woman out in the cold, finding a little bit of shelter, and then she's having a baby in squalid conditions. That's what the Christian message is about. What does that tell us? It tells us the God who is interested is also the God who is not proud, who is willing to strip himself of all of his superior being and enter into this world in a tiny, helpless condition. That at least is what the Christian message is about. That at least is what Christmas tells us. That God is willing to hide what for us would be terrifying. I want you to imagine if all of a sudden, if I counted to three, and on the count of three, the reef, the roof kind of exploded apart, and the sky exploded, and suddenly we were able to see God. Now, whether you believe in God or not, imagine if that happened. Imagine if God suddenly became visible. That would be the most terrifying experience we could imagine. We wouldn't be able to cope with that. I would fall apart, I would collapse, I would be terrified at something so incredibly overwhelming. And yet what the Christmas message tells us is that God is willing to engage with us in a way that we can cope with. He's willing to humble himself. He's willing to, be able, he's willing to become small so that he can engage with us. If he engaged with us in his reality, we would fall apart. We would be crushed. What he does is he engages with us in a way that makes him accessible. A little struggling family in the middle of the chaos of Bethlehem find that God engages with them. It's a picture for us of a struggling world. A world that is in chaos. And a world that God says, I will engage with you in a way that you can manage in a way that you can access. What God says is, I will become part of a little family so that you have the opportunity to become part of my family. I think that's an amazing and incredibly humble thing that God, the God of the Bible, displays to us. So Christmas, 2,000 years later, a little bit more, 
after the events of, of Bethlehem, after the events of shepherds and wise men and all of those kind of things, disconnected little events, which we read about Mary looking on, and it says in the Bible that she hid them in her heart. She kind of took note of them, and they became significant later on. Become significant for us today because it tells us that God is interested in you and interested in me. He knows our need. He knows the chaos of the world that we live in. He knows the crisis of our own personal existences. And he says, I will reach out to you. We put loads of great veneers up over Christmas, don't we? We put all sorts of I'm happy faces on. The reality is that for many of us, we're crushed inside. And Jesus breaks into this crushed world and he says, I will enter into your world so that you can see me. That is the great message of Christmas. It's the message that Joseph receives when the angel says to him, Emmanuel, God with us. On behalf of the church here, I want to wish you the very happiest of Christmases. I hope you have a great time. I hope you have an enjoyable time. I hope you and your family and all of the people that you love are kept safe. But most of all, I hope that something that we've been able to share this afternoon has just made us think, just causes, gives us the opportunity to wonder, what is this Christmas actually all about?